0: From the alley-oops at are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us, to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way, from off-season to game day. Yeah, we talk back, it's the 49ers Cutback. 49ers Cutback Podcast Time. Welcome to the 49ers vs. Rams game preview show. I'm really looking forward to talking about this game because the 49ers have had some ups and downs already this year, right? It was down in week one. It was up in week two, back down in week three. And now in week four, the 49ers could go way up if they defeat their division rival, Los Angeles Rams, and take over control of the NFC West. The 49ers with a win would be 2-2, what would have two wins in the division, which means they would be you know, far and away the number one team in the division right now. That would be a big victory for the 49ers, but it's no easy task to knock off the defending Super Bowl champions. Now there's been a lot of turnover with Los Angeles Rams. They've lost a lot of players from last year, including players like Andrew Whitworth, the left tackle, and of course Vaughn Miller, the future Hall of Fame edge rusher. Those things are going to play big time roles in this football game and this game is one that the 49ers really need to win. Two and two is a lot better than one and three. Yes, you came back from being three and five last year to make the playoffs, but starting a season one and three is not exactly how you want to get started. You want to make sure you are on the right side of the win loss column. Getting back to even would be a nice play for the 49ers. You would feel like, hey, here we go. We got Carolina, we got Atlanta coming up. Those are winnable football games. So the 49ers could turn this thing around in a hurry. But it all starts with being able to beat. Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams and that's not an easy task coaching staff understands who Kyle Shanahan is maybe better than most uh, because they have a lot of familiarity with him of course Sean McVay has been with Kyle Shanahan in multiple stops along his career now they've coached against each other since 2017 it has been a chess match between both now Kyle Shanahan has came out on the winning side six of the last seven times that they've met up of course the seventh the NFC Championship game, which was the most recent. So you would say McVay got over the hump and maybe got back to it. So Sean McVay has, you know, a pretty good coaching staff. Let's talk about the shining member of that coaching staff, and that is uh, Raheem. Uh, he's, Raheem Morris, he's a really, really good coach. has been a defensive coordinator in this league for a long time. And Raheem Morris even had a stop with Kyle Shanahan with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with the Washington football team, under Mike Shanahan and when Kyle was there as offensive coordinator. So they have a lot of familiarity, and I think you saw that on display. There was an interesting way that the Rams handled the 49ers' offense last year. It was Raheem Morris' first year as a defensive coordinator, and you've seen it kind of take hold. He adjusted every single opportunity the 49ers and Rams met up. Uh, But what's interesting about it is the fact that The 49ers continue to adjust in those games as well. And I went through it, and I'll go through a lot in this game because I think it's going to give us an idea of what we're going to see in the future. I'm also going to go through, of course, key matchups, and while that's bold. But let's talk a little bit about what happened in those games. I think it gives us an idea of what we can see first. Um, Number one, in week 10, that's the first meeting between the 49ers and Rams last year, the 49ers employed a motion uh, that was able to kick out the edge rusher and then run underneath that was their their big adjustment from these teams playing five man fronts against them and they employed it against the rams in week 10 and it really helped the 49ers run game the niners ran the ball 44 times in that football game and were able to win uh, 44 carries for over 150 yards and they really did manage the clock of course having turnovers as well from the defense helped the 49ers get it done but also Jalen moore was the starting right tackle in that game so the 40 yards have been going in against the Rams with makeshift offensive lines. Jalen Moore started at right tackle. And you told me Jalen Moore started at right tackle last year and we won. I would be surprised after what I just saw in this week three matchup against the Denver Broncos, where he didn't look good. Uh, but then once that what once there was an adjustment with that, then they adjusted with counter trap. Uh so they started running this way, making it look like the same way, but then came back, and it was a nice adjustment. They did it right away. So they knew Raheem Morse was going to adjust. They knew he, how he was going to be able to uh, try to attack the 49ers offense, and they adjusted. Now, in week 18, the 49ers uh, had a little bit more problems. The Rams took away those outside edge plays, and they made the 49ers adjust. And Kyle adjusted by spreading off the defense and then throwing. So he went ahead and started throwing the football with Jimmy Garoppolo, taking advantage, advantage of the seams and over the middle, where you know, defenders weren't because they had been spread horizontally to stop the 49ers run game that was so good in Week 10. So You see the adjustment from the defense. You see the adjustment from Kyle Shanahan. Catches Kyle off guard at the beginning of the game. Once he gets it going, they make those adjustments, and, of course, they come back and win, but it's not an easy task, of course. The defense was definitely more equipped. So then Kyle starts running a quick toss. As things start opening up outside, he starts running quick tosses, but their tosses were... Elijah Mitchell has a two-way go. He can go outside or he can cut back inside. They're not a full toss outside, but a little toss. LSU is very famous for these. And what happened was Elijah Mitchell was able to navigate and locate the holes he wanted to go through. So once again, another adjustment from Kyle Shannon in the run game. I'm sure Mike McDaniel had a part to do in that as well. But you see that these guys are going back and forth with their adjustments. And then Kyle and Mike McDaniel go to a variation of a power O. And a power O is when you pull uh, Lyman and and tight ends and things up the hole, and they ran it out of a shotgun, and it was very successful for them. They started powering up and running over the middle of the Rams' defense. Of course, with Reeder there in the middle, it's not exactly Bobby Wagner, but they were able to get a push on the interior and take advantage of that D-line because the strength, besides Aaron Donald, of the Rams' defense has been the edge rushers last year with Von Miller. Of course, this year will be a little bit different. Then they ran a little bit of wham blocking as well, like Kittle and Juszczyk, block defensive linemen that they were letting come up field free. That was a nice adjustment as well. Now you see the adjustments in the conference championship game where Raheem Morris is like, you know, what, we're not playing with you anymore. Here's six and seven guys along the line of scrimmage. We're going to make it really tough on you. Uh, That worked early on. It definitely stymied the 40-yard run game, but Kyle Shanahan was bullied. Uh, He was, he was not going to be bullied. He was going to go after them. He was bullheaded and he kept running the football. So, what happened was whenever the 49ers would go to a two-running-back set, it would equal a six-man line from from uh, Raheem Morris. So six, two running backs, you got Kyle Yushek, you got Elijah Mitchell, Kyle Ushak, uh, you got Jeff Wilson Jr. That means you're going to have six linemen up at the line of scrimmage. When it was three wide sets, it was five-man, uh, and it ended up creating mismatches for Kyle Shanahan. And he went to that a lot in that second half. That's when they were able to get the run game going with Debo. That's when they were able to get the ball to Juwan Jennings and take advantage of plays where Jennings got matched up against lesser talent. So it was an interesting matchup and kind of a way that we go through this. Um, I thought it was a really fun kind of take through each of those games as I rewatched every single one of them to be able to break down. Of course, my breakdown of all of it is over on Patreon in the scouting report. I'm going to go over the things that we talked about here. Also breakdown film of the Rams versus the Arizona Cardinals talking about this current installment of Rams and how the 49ers are going to have to attack them on offense and defense. So if you're on Patreon, check it out. If you're not on Patreon... Sign up for the 49ers Cutback Patreon and check that out. The link is in the description if you want to see scouting report videos every single week. But let's get into this offensive key matchup for this week. It's going to be 99 problems for the 49ers offensive line because they're going against Aaron Donald. And it's one of those things where Donald is just a problem for anyone. Uh, But he's a real problem when you have backups. Now, I just talked about Jalen Moore you know, starting in that Week 10 matchup. It was in Week 18 that it was Colton McKivitz and Tom Compton starting in the Week 18 matchup, and they were able to win. So I think the 49 have done it with makeshift lines before. Here's the real issue. Last year, it was Alex Mack at center. You didn't have to worry about it. This year, you have to worry about Jake Brendel. If I'm Aaron Donald, if I'm the Raheem Morris, the first thing I want to do is put Donald on Brendel, Donald on Banks and uh, Burford, uh, but especially Brendel. And I know you're saying, well, why would you put him at a zero-tech? Because he will absolutely dominate Jake Brendel. Brendel cannot handle the power and quickness of Donald. The quickness, something he's better at, but the power he cannot. He cannot anchor. That would be a major mismatch. So I think being able to design a run game where you can take advantage of Aaron Donald's aggressiveness would be important. You're also going to need to give him help. Burford and Banks are going to have to help. They're going to have to double team and push the second level. And if they're able to get movement there, they're going to be able to run the football. If they're not able to get movement on Aaron Donald, that's a problem. Can we see Donald line up on the outside and play a five technique defensive end, or even wider sometimes when they go to their six and seven man fronts? Yes, you could see him line up on Colton McKivitz. Now, McKivitz is better this year than probably he's ever been. This is going to be a matchup. He's gonna gonna have some problems with. They went McKivitz versus Donald in the NFC Championship game. I'm sorry, in the Week 18 matchup, and you know McKivitz had his moments where he held up, and sometimes he didn't. Now, I think if they decide to put Donald on McKivitz. If I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'm very excited about that because you let Donald rush from that outside point, you let McKivitz make sure he gets an inside move, and then you bring somebody whether it's Kyle Ushek, George Kittle, or a pulling lineman back the other way, and you double team him on the edge, and you create a bubble in the offense or in the defense right there. Uh, Arizona created bubbles. You can see that in the scouting report video. So I think that's the way they attack it, but it's all about locating 99, locating Aaron Donald, and making sure you get him blocked. Everyone else, they have good players. They really do. But uh, you can handle them. You There's ways to be able to handle them. Last year, Jalen Moore was able to handle Leonard. So it wasn't like a Leonard Floyd. It wasn't a huge problem for him. So that makes me feel more confident. Of course, we do have Bobby Wagner. But uh, the number one goal of this 49ers offense is to locate and handle Aaron Donald. Is he going to get his plays? Absolutely. He's too freaking good not to. But you have to make sure you he's in the game plan. You recognize where he is pre-snap. Jimmy Garoppolo, locate him. Jake Brendel, locate him and make your uh, protection calls. If you have to slide protection towards him, you do it. You can roll away from him. You do it. So Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Brendel are going to have to be on the same page. All the while, we have Daniel Brunskill preparing to come back. If Brunskill is fully healthy, I would roll with Brunskill as a starting center. I don't know if that's something that's going to happen. They might, you know, wait and work him in or just have him available in case an injury happens. But from what I saw in Brundle in 2020, on Brindle and, and lately and Brunskill in 2020, I'd rather go with Brunskill. Uh, and then let's go to the defensive key matchup. It's Cup half empty. Uh it's the 49ers nickel package versus Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup's an absolute problem. I mean, it is just tough to stop him. And I don't think you can stop him. I think what you have to try to do is limit him, try to keep his numbers, you know, manageable. Don't allow him to get, you know, a hundred yards or 150 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Try to limit it to 75, 80 yards receiving and no touchdowns. But the way you have to do that is going to have to be a concerted effort by multiple guys. You need your nickel corners, whether it's Diamond Lenore or Samuel Womack, you stick them, but you also need bracket coverage at times. Disguise things, make it look like a fungus coming on a blitz, and then have him drop underneath to help take away Cooper Cup on a quick route. I, I think you can use a variety of different guys to be able to continue to give help on that nickel corner spot, but in this nickel package. Also, Emmanuel Mosley sometimes coming on the inside to go and take away Cup I think could be important. Alan Robinson and Charverius Ward, I'm sure, are going to be locked in a huge matchup. But it's about keeping... Cooper Cup half empty. Don't let him get this thing going. If he gets it going, he can cause problems. He runs fly sweeps. He catches screens. He can beat you deep down the field. He missed an opportunity for a touchdown against Arizona. That doesn't come along very often. The 49ers are going to have to know where Cup is without OBJ, and that's what happened early on in some of these past matchups. They would go other ways. Uh, of course, you know they don't have Robert Woods. He's He's gone. He was injured last year. They brought in OBJ. OBJ in the NFC Championship game got it going early. They were locating him. So I think that when it comes down to it, they were going to look for Robinson early, but they know they want to come back to Cup. Uh, Cup puts a lot of strain on a nickel package. The foreigners are going to have to make sure they're very strategic in the way they take him away. But if you can take him away uh, or at least limit him, that's going to be impactful to the Rams' offense. Now, I, I can't go without mentioning that last year Cam Akers was very successful running against the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. The Rams' run game was a big reason why they won this football game. Eric Armstead potentially could be back. If he's back, that will help the run defense. Kinlaw playing will help the run defense. The addition of Hassan Ridgeway; these guys are very good interior run defenders. That's what has helped the 49ers' run defense be so successful. That keeps offensive linemen, and not a great offensive line for the Rams, a decent offensive line from getting to your linebackers. If you can keep Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw without bodies on them, that way they can flow and make tackles. That would be huge for this 49ers defense, and that would be a big difference from the NFC Championship game. Without a run game by the Rams in the NFC Championship game, they would not win that football game. So that's what it's going to be about, taking away Henderson, taking away Cam Akers. And Akers hasn't looked as good this year. Uh, There are moments he missed runs against Arizona. He missed holes, tried to bounce things outside. So he's going to make some mistakes. He's also going to put the ball on the ground. He fumbled again against Arizona. Take advantage of those opportunities. Go for the football. Try to create opportunities to get the ball back. And all the while, stop Henderson as well. Stop this run game and then limit Cooper Cup. That is how you win the game. Robinson's going to, you know, uh, try to win consistently. Good luck. With Ward and Mosley, I feel pretty confident that they can at least limit Allen Robinson. Ben Skaronik, if he's out there on the outside, I'm not worried about Mosley and Ward being able to limit him as well. Without Van Jefferson, without OBJ, this Rams offense is not as potent as it was last year. You have to watch the speed of Powell. He's got some ability to stretch you horizontally with the run game, uh, the fly sweeps and things, and getting him out the ball out with screens. And also, he can always go deep. Uh, So you do have to keep a, a mindful eye on him, but he's down the list. You know Mosley, Ward can take care of Robinson and Skoranek one-on-one. That's my belief. We'll see if it plays out. But you need to put a lot of attention towards Cooper Cup all the while stopping the run. And I think that is the key or one of the keys to winning on defense. And the Warriors do have one of the better defenses in the league. But let's get to my wow, that's bold prediction. Wow, that's really bold. Whoa, whoa, whoa. While that's bold prediction, might catch some people off guard. Now, I normally go with turnovers or or things like that. But this offensive prediction is going to be very interesting because it's going to be a two-parter. First off, I think the 49ers are going to try to spread out the Rams and throw the football a little bit with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, With the way that Raheem Morris attacked him in the NFC Championship game, they're going to see exactly how. Now, what they're going to do is use personnel settings, get matchups like Debo Samuel on a linebacker, or you know George Kittle on a linebacker or a nickel corner; those are going to be matchups they're looking for. But Jalen Ramsey, he's going to try to take away someone, um, and then they're going to try to shift you know, the other covers the other way. Well, that's going to leave Jawan Jennings to make some plays. So I think Jawan Jennings is going to have a big game. That's one of my uh, one of my wild. Wow that's bold. My other wow That's bold on the offensive side is Jordan Mason is going to carry the football more in this game than Debo Samuel. That's bold. Uh, I went bold on this one. I think Jordan Mason gets carries in this game more than Debo Samuel. Should be a lot of fun. Now, on defense, I think they're going to hold Cooper Cup under 75 yards receiving. And I think they're going to hold the Rams' offense under 40% third down ratio, third down efficiency on conversions. But I think that's going to be a big way to win the game. Get off the field on third down and be able to uh, somewhat limit Cooper Cup. You're not going to stop Cup. I wouldn't even be surprised if he doesn't score a touchdown but I do think they limit him with the way they attack. They're going to make Robinson, Skoronic, and Powell beat them, all the while stopping the run. The 49ers have been bullish in the way they've attacked the run. They've been stopping the run with six guys in the box pretty consistently this year. That gives you a lot of freedom to be able to cover on the back end. Well, so the Rams are going to have to establish the run. They do like to put pressure on your outside guys to stay home or to commit to the run. The 49ers can play it right. I think they can go ahead and and do a really good job against the Rams again. I don't know if they're going to be able to hold the Rams under 200 yards passing like they've been doing to these other teams all year. But if they can, they have a really good chance to walk away. And now it's time for my game for prediction. So Rams versus 49ers, I don't think is going to be an easy game by any means. I think this one's going to be tight. It's going to be close. You have coaches who understand what each other does. You have key injuries. You have lost players from last year. It's a little bit of a different matchup. I think the 49ers' defense is going to be a big reason why they win this football game. I have the 49ers winning 20-16. to And the reason why, I don't think the 49ers are going to give up that many points to the Rams. They haven't been giving up a lot of points. Last year in the NFC Championship game, they gave up 20. In Week 10 last year, they gave up 10. I think this 49ers' defense plays really well against the Rams. I think them losing offensive linemen is going to make it easier for this defensive line to get home. I think this 49ers' defense is better with the addition of Charveris Ward. I think overall the defense is just better than it was last year, which makes it more difficult for the Rams because they don't have the same offensive line. They're missing guys like OBJ. Uh, so they just don't have the talent level. They don't have Van Jefferson that they had last year. Is the Rams still dangerous? Absolutely. Could the Rams still walk away with a win? Absolutely. They're that good. But the 49ers, top to bottom roster wise, if they e- both execute at a high level, the four yards walk away with the win. 49ers 20 to 16 over the Los Angeles Rams, get to two and two, come to first place in the NFC West. I think that is the way it goes down. Uh, but thank you guys so much for joining me for the four years. First Rams game preview show. Of course, you can catch me on the game reaction show after the game on Monday night and before the game on the kickoff show for members only. So if you're a member here on YouTube, join me before the game for a members only live stream I'm gonna talk about the game, uh, get into it. Who's the inactives and all that. It's just for members. So uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Hope you guys enjoyed everything that's been coming out on the channel so far. If you haven't seen some of the things like Cover Two or What's Good with Jay in the Bay, those are going to become those are out. You need to watch those. Hop over to Patreon, watch Face Off, slightly offsides, the Scouting Report video, lots of content. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Hope you give this channel a subscribe. I'll catch you guys on the next one. And remember, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the Forty Nine.